The Liz Callaway Show. She's a one of a kind, and she's only found here. The new conservative alternative. Talk 94.5. Finally, you can start waking up on the right side of the bed again. Good morning and welcome to the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers on this Monday morning, March 7th. Welcome back, Nick. Good oh, to have you here. You missed thanks. John Hayward last week. I from know. Bart. I like him. I know, but you also like Matt Boyle and he's joining us next. The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers featuring Breitbart Talks, Mondays at 8 on Talk 94.5. And he's joining us live on the air right now, Washington Bureau Chief of Breitbart, Matt Boyle. Good morning, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So glad to have you. Um, I saw you at CPAC um, talking about Andrew Breitbart. Uh, You know, maybe you'd like to say a few things about the uh, special you all put together for him. Yeah, look, it's been 10 years since Andrew passed away, and uh, just uh, it's I mean, I've been thinking a lot about it lately. Uh, it's just really unbelievable uh, thinking about the impact that he had on the world and the uh, conservative movement and the conservative media. I mean, just look at all the people. I mean, we just put together, and people can go check it out at our at our website, com. We put together this uh, tri- video tribute where we pulled together different videos from different people, everybody from President Trump to Justice Clarence Thomas to... Vice President Pence, all sorts of different U.S. senators like Cruz, Rubio, Cotton, uh, all sorts of other ones. Then all these different uh, uh, media personalities like uh, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, uh, et cetera, are all in it. Mm. And the uh, uh, just seeing the impact that Andrew had on all of these people and more uh, is is really remarkable. I mean, looking back on it, uh, the the guy really taught us how to fight. Uh, you know, think about it. Back before Andrew Breitbart, did we really see Republicans fighting like they do now? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now, still, there's some Republicans out there that need to the, to get the memo or get out of the way. But the Republicans who are fighting back, I think they learned this these tactics from Andrew. He taught us how to do this. And, uh, you know, everybody from President Trump on down to... Uh, uh, you know, some of the rank and file guys in in the 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 House and the Senate. It's just uh, re- really uh, remarkable. All right. We're speaking with Matt Boyle, the Washington bureau chief at Breitbart. Um, I wanted to give, get your uh, perspective of what's going on in Russia. Uh, well, actually, in Ukraine because of Russia. And we spoke to John Hayward, one of your colleagues last week. He kind of gave us, um, you know, a sobering uh, view of the the propaganda coming out from all sides here. And it's very hard for us to really figure out what's going on. But when we look at, um, you know, Russia as being the the main perpetrator of this whole thing, saying, you know, this is an unprovoked attack and, and they're in the wrong. Um, the question is, why did Russia, why did Putin think that now was a great time to do this and didn't do it for all those years after Crimea? What took them so long? What was the crack in the veneer that they saw that they can get this done in such a massive, uh, violent way? Well, look, the, the, the crack in the veneer, Donald Trump was president for four years, right? Like, so we've had four presidents this century. The, uh, they were George Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and now Joe Biden. During three of those presidents' administrations, the Russians have engaged in 
aggression and incursions into sovereign nations. During George W. Bush's administration, they did it into Georgia. During the Obama administration, they obviously annexed Crimea uh, from Ukraine. And now, during the Biden administration, they're engaged in a full-on invasion and incursion into the uh, into Ukraine. The uh, you know, and again, uh, nobody's defending uh, Vladimir Putin here or anything. That it's the weakness of the Joe Biden administration. They felt comfortable doing this. I don't think they would have felt comfortable doing it during the Trump administration. In fact, they didn't. They didn't do anything during Trump. They were they were at bay during Trump. So, what is the the thing that the what are the things that have changed over the last year or so? Well, first and foremost, we saw uh, President Biden totally botch the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. And so that really was a a, a, weak, a a sign of weakness to the world that the Taliban is back in charge there, and and the U.S. military is is uh, uh, weaker under this commander in chief. And so I think that really sent a message to all of these adversaries that we've got the world over that Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing, and that he's a weak commander in chief, and that he's unwilling to stand up for American citizens and American interests and for our friends and allies on the world stage. Uh, You know, his his lack of a serious response to the 13 uh, soldiers who were killed at the terrorist attack there at the gate at the uh, uh, Kabul airport, uh, really uh, uh, unbelievable. And so I think that that was the first big thing. But there were uh, several other policies that Joe Biden put in place that led to uh, Russia being in a position to do this. First and foremost, at the very beginning of the Biden administration, on the first day of his presidency, he ripped up the Keystone XL pipeline here in the United States. He shut it down. It's still shut down right now, despite the fact that gas prices are headed for a record high ever. Like mm-hmm. in this week, like we're at four dollars a gallon national average. We're headed for a record average. But Joe Biden let the Russians have their pipeline. Trump was shutting this down. Trump was shutting down this pipeline called Nord Stream 2. It's a pipeline that the Russians have that goes through Eastern Europe to Germany. And Biden let them have it after Trump blocked it for four years. And so Biden shut down our pipeline, but he let the Russians have their pipeline. And um, uh, so that's the, the, the next big thing. Um, and, and, and then in addition to that, the other big thing that happened in the, in the a very big uh, immediate lead up to the Russians doing this, which was a, a provocation by the Biden administration, was Vice President Harris was prancing around Europe promising or, or touting this promise of eventual NATO membership of Ukraine. That's mm-hmm. insane. Ukraine was not going to be joining NATO anytime soon. They were decades away at the earliest if they ever wanted to. The United States could have just as easily stopped this whole thing by having Vice President Harris actually pro- uh, you know, making it clear that Ukraine wasn't joining NATO anytime soon and ruling it out. I think that they... And there's they a reason for that. Putin in the eye. If, if they mm-hmm. would have... If they would have even if if it would have been exposed, the reason why Ukraine was not being, uh, you know, seriously considered at the moment, 
people would be looking at this whole thing a little bit differently, too, because Zelensky was known as a very corrupt figure. Now he's a hero. It's very confusing. Well, yeah, look, Ukraine is not some bastion of uh, democracy. Like, it is a corrupt country. Like, and um, the, the there's corruption wide scale on a number of fronts there. Um, regardless of whatever you think of Vladimir Zelensky, the 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 fact of the matter is that basically every single administration that's been there in Ukraine over the last several decades, I mean, it's corruption. It's it's a very mm-hmm. corrupt country. That's why George Soros has his fingerprints all over the place. That's mm-hmm. why Hunter Biden was getting eighty five grand a, year, mm-hmm. a month for from Burisma over their natural gas company. There, I mean, the, the corruption is wide scale throughout Ukraine, and there's real serious problems throughout the country, but it's not like there's some, you know, there's some great freedom fighters over there or something like that. And I think that's why the American people are very skeptical of the narrative that they're being fed by the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. I think that's why people are uh, very much, they don't want to go to war. They don't, they don't, they don't think this is a place for U.S. involvement, no matter what they say, and no matter what the media says. Average American out there is saying, "Well, hang on a second here. Do we really want to start World, World War Three over some corrupt Eastern European mm-hmm. country?" Right. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Matt Boyle of Breitbart. I wanted to ask you. You know, you were mentioning what the things that Biden did. What about the things that the other European countries did? You know, you mentioned this uh, Nord Stream pipeline and Germany um, getting in bed with Putin. What about uh, French um, leader uh, Macron? There's a lot of well, talk uh, about him. Yeah, look, I mean, Macron was out there trying to de-escalate the situation before the invasion. He was trying to uh, say that it wasn't going to happen and whatnot. I, 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 you know, I think that the the French have lost a lot of influence over the course of the last several years. The Germans are running Germany, right? I, I mean, and are running Europe. Uh, the Germans through the United uh, the European Union have enormous influence. And then, again, this Nord Stream 2 pipeline, energy is lifeblood. It is your geopolitical control. It's your ability to influence uh, people. It's your ability to control things. That's just part of why the United States was so strong during the Trump administration. It was the first time in decades that we were energy independent and we became a net exporter of energy. We actually were exporting energy during the Trump administration. Can you believe that? Like we were like, like almost like turning into Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, you know? And so now Biden, by the way, there's all these reports that Biden wants to go fly over to Saudi Arabia and go uh, smooth things over with them and try to get them to make more oil because he still refuses to open up the pipeline. Again. I mean, but I again, heard that there was talk about us going to Venezuela as well. And we basically put yep. Venezuela out of business and, and they blamed us for all the, uh, you know, the downfall of their country um, just yeah. a few years ago. And now we're going back to them and we're asking China to broker a deal with Russia, uh, you know, to for peace talks. And it's it seems like why are we messing with our enemies? Why wouldn't we, you know, I understand we got to keep our enemies close. OK, but, you know, not we shouldn't be making deals with people that we with leaders that we don't trust. Yeah. And again, it's this misguided vision from the Biden administration. We don't need to make deals with people we don't trust. We have the energy here at home. Energy is power. Energy is independence. Energy represents 
it's it's literally the fuel that gets you going. It gets your economy moving. It gets everything moving. So then why are they doing it, Matt? Why are they doing it? They're They're not stupid. Why are they doing it? Because they're insidious. That's why. So they they really want to... I would I would take it a step further than that too. What they want to do is they really are they really really aggressively want to move the United States to this green economy, to this to these electric trucks. There's a ma- a mass push towards it. Uh, they they want to get us off of fossil fuels, and they they're willing to hurt the country in order to enact their vision to do that. And then so what they want to do right now is they they will. Uh, they'll cut these like little short-term deals with America's adversaries to try to just keep the economy humming along at the the rate that it was, mm-hmm. while not actually solving the problem, which is if they opened up America's vast energy resources that they shut down our access to. Trump had opened us uh, our access up to this stuff, and that's why the economy was humming during the Trump administration. The Biden administration wants us to move. And they, they will hurt you. They will hurt our economy. And, they, and, de- and every Democrat, and, and frankly, some even establishment Republicans are part of this, will will hurt us economically mm-hmm. to move us to this. Yeah, green, they want us to beg you know, for the electric vehicles. They want us begging for it. And then it's like, oh, see, this is great. So they're trying to change the hearts and minds because they never let a good crisis go to waste. This is a great way. Say, hey, this is the way that we can get people to hate oil, you know, um, hate our dependence on foreign oil. And and Jen Psaki said it herself. She said, um, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, basically oil, all oil in general. You know, I mean, so that's really what it's about. So when Pelosi is saying it and uh, other people are saying, oh, Pelosi's even saying ban the oil. You know, this is the first time ever, finally, you know. And it's like, well, don't be so stupid. They're doing it for a different reason. They're not saying ban the oil from Russia, open up, you know, refineries in West Virginia and open up the pipeline. They're saying ban the oil from Russia and let's get on with this Green New Deal. That's what they, they keep talking about. Yeah, look, uh, again, they're willing to hurt us, yeah. to push us in that direction. And it, it, maybe these electric vehicles work, right? The new ones that they're building right now. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But we, what we should be pursuing is an all-of-the-above energy mm-hmm. strategy. That means we can go after, and, and this is the other thing. Ask, next time you talk to a liberal that wants you to drive an electric car, Ask them how how is it going to be? Uh, uh, where does the energy come from? Mm-hmm. And then they'll because uh, I've done this before. I've had, I've got a lot of lefty friends, and I'll ask them the question: Where does the energy come from to to to, to power this vehicle? They'll say, "Well, you plug it in in the garage, or you plug it in at the gas station, or something like that." Okay, well, where does the energy come from? Because it's not like it's just being magically created by the <laughs> plug. It has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. They don't have an answer to that question. No. So is it coal for energy plants? Are there hydroelectric dams? Are there nuclear energy plants that are fueling this? Where does the energy come from? They haven't thought this that level through yet. And that's what you see happening in California, where you've got the brownouts. Like, you know, so, I mean, again, their, their whole vision on energy. Energy fuels everything. And that gets back to what, you know, the reason why Europe is destabilized right now is because the Biden administration upset the scales, empowered America's adversaries by giving the upper hand to people like Putin, and now you're seeing them do it 
desperately where they're trying to cut an Iran deal. They're trying to cut mm-hmm. a deal with Venezuela. They're doing all these talks with China. Uh, so they, what they've done is they've handed the power to our adversaries and and they've undercut America's position in the world. What we need to do is we need to get back to American energy. In the mm-hmm. Absolutely. That Boyle, before we let you go, do, uh, can you touch upon the upcoming primaries? Uh, we just had one in Texas, one coming up in Ohio, one coming up in South Carolina. We have some rhinos we're trying to get rid of. Uh, we have a Nancy Mace. We have a Tom Rice in our uh, District 7 and District 1 in our you know immediate area here. What do you see happening? What are the trends? Well, look, I think that President Trump is clearly still in the driver's seat inside the Republican Party. He's going to be there in South Carolina on Saturday night. So that's going to be something we're going to be watching very closely. I know that uh, uh, he's endorsed primary challengers to both uh, uh, Tom Rice and Nancy Mace in South Carolina. So uh, in those primary challengers, Katie Arrington, who's running against uh, uh, Nancy Mace and Russell Fry, who's running against Tom Rice, are going to be there. So that's something we're going to be watching very closely uh, and seeing how President Trump interacts with them should be interesting. Uh, but also, uh, look, there's uh, there's upcoming race in Ohio. There's uh, there's there's plenty of other ones that are on the horizon as well. Uh, we saw it happen in Texas where Trump's, uh, Trump endorsed 33 candidates in Texas. Hmm. Every single one of them either won outright on last Tuesday in their, their primaries or they're headed to a runoff and they were the leading candidate going wow. into the runoff. Mm-hmm. That means President Trump's undefeated already. Wow. Uh, and I think that he's going to, he's, he's in a very good position here going into these next rounds as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt. We appreciate your time. Um, and uh, how can people follow you? Uh, just go to Breitbart.com. That's where uh, uh, Nancy Mace and Russell Fry, who's running against Tom Rice, are going to be there. So that's something we're going to be watching very closely uh, and seeing how President Trump interacts with them should be interesting. Uh, but also, uh, look, there's uh, there's upcoming race in Ohio. There's, uh, there's, there's plenty of other ones that are on the horizon as well. Uh, we saw it happen in Texas where Trump's, uh, Trump endorsed 33 candidates in Texas. Every single one of them either won outright on last Tuesday in their their primaries or they're headed to a runoff and they were the leading candidate going into the runoff. Mm -hmm. That means President Trump's undefeated already. Wow. Uh, And I think that he's going to he's in a very good position here going into these next rounds as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt. We appreciate your time. Um, And uh, how can people follow you? Uh, just go to Breitbart.com. That's where uh, uh, Nancy Mace and Russell Fry, who's running against Tom Rice, are going to be there. So that's something we're going to be watching very closely uh, and seeing how President Trump interacts with them should be interesting. Uh, but also, uh, look, there's uh, there's upcoming race in Ohio. There's, uh, there's, there's plenty of other ones that are on the horizon as well. Uh, we saw it happen in Texas where Trump's, uh, Trump endorsed 33 candidates in Texas. Every single one of them either won outright on last Tuesday in their their primaries or they're headed to a runoff and they were the leading candidate going into the runoff. Mm -hmm. That means President Trump's undefeated already. Wow. Uh, And I think that he's going to he's in a very good position here going into these next rounds as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt. We appreciate your time. Um, and uh... Uh, uh, Nancy Mace and Russell Fry, who's running against Tom Rice, are going to be there. 
So that's something we're going to be watching very closely uh, and seeing how President Trump interacts with them should be interesting. Uh, but also, uh, look, there's uh, there's upcoming race in Ohio. There's uh, there's there's plenty of other ones that are on the horizon as well. Uh, we saw it happen in Texas where Trump's, uh, Trump endorsed 33 candidates in Texas. Hmm. Every single one of them either won outright on last Tuesday in their, their primaries or they're headed to a runoff and they were the leading candidate going wow. into the runoff. Mm-hmm. That means President Trump's undefeated already. Wow. Uh, and I think that he's going to he's he's in a very good position here going into these next rounds as well. All right. Thanks a lot, Matt. We'll talk to you next time. Yep. Thanks. Liz Calloway and Nick Summers will be back in a few on Talk 94.5.